uh, I just, uh, I titled this message, Faith for Anything. Faith for anything. You said, well, what about Ephesians? We'll, we'll jump back there sometime or another, but I just felt impressed to minister uh, along these lines tonight. And, and uh, I'm telling you, without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. For they that come to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And uh, so, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we say, what's the big deal about faith? Well, God's a faith God. He created us to be faith kids. And so uh, if we can't please Him without faith, then we do need to know how faith operates. And uh, I'm telling you, there, there's an operation to faith. And uh, we want to talk about it a little bit tonight. And, and you, you could preach on faith. I mean, well, actually, we preach about faith. Faith is produced every time we preach. I mean, you can't, you can't preach the Word. You can't hear the Word of God without faith coming because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we have to hear the Word of God for our faith to increase. We all have a measure of faith. But for that faith to increase, we have to hear something to cause that faith to increase, and it has to be the Word of God. And uh, actually, one translation of faith comes by hearing and by understanding what you hear. And so we have to understand. Sometimes we don't have an understanding of how faith operates. And, and we, don't, we, we look and say, well, I, I know we have to have faith, but I don't know how faith works. And, and uh, so I'm going to help you just a little bit tonight. And I'll, I'll try not to preach real long because when I preach on faith, I can preach a long time. And, uh, but anyway, you know, I don't know. Most people nowadays don't, don't, they don't really know about Kenneth e. Hagin. And so when we preach, and I'm, in fact, Pastor Sam said he can ask his congregation, half people don't even know who we're talking about. But he's a great man of God. He started Rima Bible College in, a, in a, a Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and me and my wife went through correspondence with him and, and got all his books if you've ever been in my office. But anything, way, he was a, at 17 years old, he was on, on his deathbed. He had a heart disease. He had all kinds of things wrong with him. They didn't expect him to live. And uh, actually, all the every, all the preachers that came and prayed for him, they were just praying that he would, you know, be comfortable in dying. They wasn't really praying for him to be healed because they just assumed he had a death sentence on his life. So he, they really didn't pray. They were just praying for comfort of the family and all such as that. And, and uh, so uh, Kenneth Hagin, uh, he, I think it was his grandmother's old Methodist Bible, isn't that what he said? He found that Bible, and he thought, well, you know, I. I, I need to read the Bible. And he said, well, I, I don't have long to live, so I'm going to start in the New Testament. He couldn't then think he had time to read the Old Testament too, so he just figured he'd read it. And he read Mark. <clears throat> he read in Mark chapter 5, where I'm going to preach a little bit tonight. And uh, and anyway, I'll, I'll kind of throw something about the rest of that towards the end of this in a minute. And uh, this sermon is, uh, this message is uh, uh, about a, a real individual. Sometimes I think we read the Bible like it's a story or a fairy tale. In other words, we read it like, well, wouldn't that be wonderful if that happened today? And I'm telling you something. God, Je- the Bible tells me that Jesus Christ is the same. Come on, y'all tell me. He's the same what? What? Come on. Yesterday. Today. And tomorrow are forever. Now, I don't know how in the world we have decided that He wasn't the same. I don't understand why people have thought that He's not the same. 
He's the same God he's always was. In fact, in Malachi 3.6, he says, I'm the Lord, I change not. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not. I'm telling you, God has established His Word. The problem many times is what we're believing or what we're saying in our own personal lives. And uh, to know how faith operates, man, I've, I've been studying faith ever since I've been born again, and I'm telling I'm constantly making adjustments in my life and what I'm doing. I mean, I've seen uh, things I pray for not come to pass. I've seen things that I've prayed for come to pass. I, I still believe in God for things that I've prayed for many years ago and still believe in I'm going to get an answer for them. And, but we got to understand how faith operates because I'm telling you, the Bible says that you don't need to grow weary while doing good for in due season you will reap if you don't faint or lose heart or give up. Faith, the spirit of faith is a no-quit spirit. It's like Linda talks about a bulldog type spirit, you know, like a, a pit bull. I like to say a pit bull because once they latch on, buddy, they don't let go. And so we got to latch onto something and not let go. And listen, we can't, uh, I, 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 listen, there's been a lot of things happen in, that I know about and stuff that I literally had to scratch my head like, why? You know, we think sometimes, you know, uh, you know, why, why? I don't understand that, but I have to leave the secret things to God. And I just have to say, you know, God, I know there's a devil out there and I know he comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. And I have to merit you to being good and every good and perfect gift comes from you. So I'm going to believe that of you, but I'm also going to learn how to deal with the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. And so in, in Mark chapter five, verse 25, it says, now a certain woman, had a flow of blood for 12 years. How many knows that's a long time? A flow of blood for 12 years. And the Bible says, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. How many knows, you know, I I was thinking about this lady today, and I'm thinking uh, it had to be a miracle that she lived uh, with a blood flow for over 12 years. For over 12 years. I mean, we just prayed for Miss Magruder's daughter that she, uh, she was losing blood for what, several days and her organs started shutting down because she was, all her blood was running out of her. And I'm telling you, God super just ministered to Candace. I guess she's doing great still, Miss Magruder and, uh, doing great. Of course, she had some complications and some stuff, but I'm telling you something right now. This woman, she went and spent all her money. Everything she had. In fact, if you read one translation, it says everything. She spent everything on trying to get better or trying to get healed. Listen, when you're, listen, when you, when you want to live, you're going to do what it takes to live. Amen. You're, you're not going to care about money. You're not going to care about anything. You're going to, what your goal, goal is and your focus is, I want to live. And I, that's the first key. You've got to want to live. And so here she is. She's wanting to live. She's spending all on doctors and all such that she didn't. Notice what I said. She uh, she didn't get wasn't any better, but rather grew worse. How many knows you, that that's not a good deal right there when you say I'm not getting any better, but she's growing worse and doesn't spend all her money and all such as that. But this this is what happened in verse 27. After 12 years of dealing with pain and suffering, and discomfort. It says, when she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And it says this, for she said, verse 28 says, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, 
I shall be made well. So let's look at this. She heard about Jesus. She done spent all her money on doctors. There's nothing wrong with doctors. I'm telling you, the doctors kept her alive for, what, 12 years. And there's nothing wrong with doctors. It is not a lack of faith to go to a doctor. So don't look at... I've had people tell me all the time, well, I feel like I'm just I'm, I'm abandoning my faith by going to a doctor. That's a lie from the devil. You, you use, you go, Kenneth Hagin always said, get it any way you can. I mean, you can get the, the Word of God work. But anyway, she heard about Jesus. Now, what did she hear about Jesus? She heard the truth about Jesus. Am I right? She heard the truth. And it, 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 it sparked something on the inside of her. It sparked something on the inside of her. And I'm telling you, here's what I believe it did. I believe it stirred up a hope that was lost. We always talk about faith and we leave out hope. Did you know faith can do nothing without hope? It is impossible for faith to accomplish anything in your life if you do not have hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 declares, but without faith, it is impossible. No, no, no. It says the substance for the, uh, for faith is the substance. I've got several scriptures running around in my mind. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen or revealed to the senses. Well, what it says is this, faith is the substance to things hoped for. So what it is, hope is the goal setter, or what hope does is give faith something to do. How many knows what, I know we do in this church know what hope means. It means great expectation, fully expecting what God said would come to pass. That's what hope is. Hope isn't wishful thinking. When people say sometimes, well, I certainly hope so, most of the time it's wishful thinking. I hope it will, maybe it won't, somehow it might. I'm listening, hope is fully expecting that what God said will come to pass, and I'm telling you, something got stirred. I guarantee after 12 years, spent all her money, her hope was real low. Am I right? I guarantee you, it's done about, well, I have no, I have no other place to turn. No other place to go. And all of a sudden, somebody come by our house, Elijah, and said, listen, there's a man named Jesus, and he's out here, and he's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's casting out devil. There's a lot of things happening to him. And all of a sudden, what she heard, listen to me, what she heard became a confession. Because she said, if only I may touch the hem of his garment or his clothes, I shall be made well. The Amplified says, and she kept saying it. She kept saying it. I, I guarantee, listen, what we don't know is how many days it was before when she started saying it till it actually manifested in her life. Because listen, we don't know if it's a week, two weeks, three weeks. We do not know. All we know is she heard about Jesus and then she started saying, if only I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. And listen, or well, and she kept saying it. The Bible kept saying it and she kept saying it and kept saying it and kept saying it. And I'm telling you, listen, this woman did several things. Verse 27, remember it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Well, she did that, but there were some other things that took place before she did it. She heard the gospel. The first thing she did is she heard the gospel. She heard the truth about Jesus. She heard the word. And let me throw this in here with that part. She not just heard it, she believed it. She believed it. 
Do you know you got to, that's what faith is, is believing. And she believed that what they told her about Jesus was true. And next thing you know, she starts saying, well, uh, if he will do it for, basically you got here, I, you say you're reading some things in here. I'm just kind of putting my, trying to, I'm not putting myself in her position by no means. But the thing about it is, when she heard about that, she thought, well, if he'll do it for somebody else, he'll do it for me. If he can heal them, he can heal me. So I just, all I can do is get to him. I just got to get to him. And so she kept saying, all, all I, all I got to do is touch the hem of his garment. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made well. And she had a point of contact in her faith. Now listen, you got to understand about this woman. There, this one, it wasn't just like you and I can walk out the door and go to the grocery store, or you and I can walk out of the door and go to a church service. This woman was declared unclean. She could have been stoned to death if she got caught out in public around the crowd by an issue of full blood. It would have caused everybody out there to, to, to be unclean. I mean, she she was putting her life on the line just to go to Jesus, but one day, I'm telling you what, she just got to the place. I believe she was, <clears throat> I believe it was kind of like David when they, when they stoke, spoke a stone in him and lost everything that he had. And next thing you know, he said, he went by himself. He said, I, he started, the Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord or encouraged himself in the Lord. And I'm telling I believe that when that lady was saying, uh, if I only may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made healed. He's a healer, he'll heal me. He's a healer, he'll heal me. And she kept saying that, and all of a sudden she was encouraging herself to the point that one day she brushed through the door. She opened the door and said, well, I can stay here and I can confess that all day long or I can get out of this house and do what I know I need to do to get my healing. Huh? And so the first thing she did, she heard the Word of God. The second thing she did was begin to say something. She could have said, well, you know, I'm not getting any better. I don't, don't have no money. I can't do anything else. I mean, they've done giving me, told me there's no hope. And she could have said, oh, it's over. I'm done. But she said, no, I'm going to go. And I'm going to go to where Jesus is at. Now, we understand the Word of God's in us and with us, right? He's for us. I mean, He's a part of us. We have the Word... And so she's saying, if only I may touch him as garment. So she began to say it. She heard the word. She began to say it. And then the next thing she, she did was she went for it. She acted on it. She acted on it. She acted on what the word of God said or what she said she was going to do. And it said, notice what it says. She came, heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments his garment, and then, of course, it said what she did prior to that. And verse 29 says, immediately. Everybody say immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. She touched his garment. She heard something, she said something, and she acted upon something. And when she did, she felt immediately, immediately, here's what immediately means. Where did, where did I write that uh, definition? Immediately says right now. Right now. It means right now. It means instantly. At the present time. Without delay. Instantly. She's been going to doctors, nothing happened, but when she touched Jesus, instantly she was healed. She did something to get to that place where her faith was working. And here's what 
what brother, and let me keep reading. And Jesus immediately, listen to what it says, when she, t- she actually touched it and, and her body, she was healed. She felt in her body, listen to this, she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And uh, I, I wrote something in my Bible, and I wrote it, Jesus knew that a miracle had been pulled from him. A miracle had been pulled from him. And so here she is, immediately feeling in her body that she is healed of her affliction. And when she touched, the Bible says immediately Jesus knew that power had left his body. I mean, she didn't come to spectate, she come to participate. Right? And so when, when Jesus turned around and said, who touched my clothes? Now he knew that power left out of him, virtue flowed out of him. He just didn't know who. You said, well, he was the son of God. He was looking around to find who it was. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? In other words, there was the hundred, there was people touching him all over the place. She wasn't the only person that was touching him, but she was the only one touched him in faith at that particular meeting. And so, because if you read the Bible, a lot of people touched the hem of Jesus' garment was healed. And so here she is, and here Jesus is, who touched me, and they say, you're crazy, Jesus. How in the world can you tell who? Everybody's touching you. He said, but somebody touched me with a touch of faith. Somebody touched me the way none of these others are touching me. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your faith, your faith. Notice he didn't say my faith. He said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And actually, uh, in the King James, it says, your faith has made you whole. Made you whole. In other words, when God makes you whole, He restores back to you what you've lost. Remember the leper? When he was made whole, he got everything back. And so here he is uh, uh, telling her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Listen, we, we can't... We can't put it like, well, maybe God will, maybe He won't. God's going to do what He wants to do. Let me, let me tell you something about that statement. That, that's a statement that, w- that we make sometimes not really knowing the will and plan and purpose of God for our lives because we say maybe God will, maybe God won't. Well, there's no, there's no, in the New Testament, when Jesus is talking about healing, it's not maybe He will and maybe He won't. It's He has. Am I right? She heard something. She said something. She did something. And then she received. Did you know there was a, there's a receiving? We have to be on the receiving side of this thing. And so, anyway, when, getting back to Brother Hagin, when he read that story in the Bible in his grandma's, oh, he said Methodist Bible, it's probably King James Version. But anyway, he said this, he said the, the Holy, now this is a, a dying kid, 17 years old, and they've given him no, can't even walk, can't even get out of bed. And, and <clears throat> when he read that, He said, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, if her faith can make her well and whole, your faith can make you whole and healed. If her faith 
can heal her, your faith can bring healing to you. And so the next thing you know, he starts getting into the Word of God, believing the Word of God, and making confessions when everybody else was decided it's not gonna, he's not going to live. You ought to, to go get the book, The Authority of the Believer. I think we just let you borrow ours, didn't we, Maureen? Because he tells a lot of things in there that we got to understand our authority in Christ and how faith works. Amen? Uh, listen, sometimes we pray, uh, we, we, the Bible says we pray amiss. Actually, it's in, a, I think, let me look, it's in 1 John chapter 5, I believe it is. I know it is. But 14 and, 14 and 15. Punch it up there, Bill, let's see if I'm right. 1 John 5. I, I think I'm wrong. It's James. James 5. No, uh, no, 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 leave it there. Don't you move. Don't you move. Don't you move. I'm right. Now, this is a confidence that we have in Jesus. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Next. And if we know, there's a key right there. And if we know, everybody shout if I know, that He hears us. Whatever we ask, let me just put, let's make this personal. If I know that He hears me, whatever I ask, I know that I will have the petitions that I have asked of Him. Now listen, when you ask according to His will, listen, we, we can't be in the place in our lives where we say, well, help me, Jesus. Our prayer cannot be, if it be thy will. Because either we know it or we don't. And if you know what His will is, and His will is His Word, and when we find out what the Bible says about it, then what we have to do, we have to start putting something in our mouth. Like she did. She had no hope. But Jesus. She did some things. She had an action of her faith. She had some steps that she did to cause faith to work on the inside of her. And then what uh, Brother Hagen uh, got a hold of in, in, right in the middle of all this stuff was Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. 22, 23, and 24. And you probably find that in every one of his messages usually he preaches that. But he found out how faith worked. He found out that if God would do it for one, He will do it for another if I just do what it takes. Listen, I found this out. God is no respecter of of persons, listen, but He is a respecter of faith. So she got her healing because of what she did and what she believed and what she said and how she received. You know, I've I've seen people turn down blessings. I've turned them down. Because receiving is just the much a part of us getting as, as, as the speaking part of it, the hearing part of it, the acting part of it. The receiving part is just as important. Listen, I've, I've tried to give things, bless people for it, and they just, they just said no. Anybody ever dealt with anything like that? And they say, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. There's something wrong with the receiver. So we have to learn to receive just like she did and say, you know, if God said it, then you know, so, so here's what one person said. 
if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. But let me just go back a minute. It's, it's God says it, that settles it. Because a lot of times we don't listen. I struggled with believing certain things for a long time. Because my whole belief system was not based upon what God said, but what I saw. Are you hearing me? My whole belief system was set up on what I saw in the natural, not on what God said in the Word. And until I got to the place where my belief system and my faith was based upon what God said rather than what I saw, things started changing. Well, God, you're just going to have to show me a sign. Honey, listen to me. We're not living in the days of fleeces. Gideon threw a fleece before God, but never in the Bible does it, in the New Testament does it tell us put a fleece before God. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We don't go by what we see. Gideon was moved by what he saw, right? Do on the ground, not do on the ground, this, that. I mean, he threw fleeces out before God, and God honored every fleece that he put out there to get it. But that's not the way we operate and live today. We live by faith. We live, we go, we hear something. And then we start saying something. And then we act upon what the Word says, and then we receive it in the name of Jesus. Did you know, listen to me, I'm going to blow your mind just, just for a minute. I'm going to blow your mind just a minute. You have to believe you receive it before you see it or get it. For whatsoever things you desire when you pray, that's Mark 11, uh, 24, says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Did you know I said the believing you get them before you got them is when you get them? Is that message you made right there? I don't even know what I said. You gotta believe you receive it before you get it, before you actually experience it. That's why, have, has anybody ever told you, I'm going, it is kind of like if I told Elijah, Elijah, I'm gonna bring you a thousand dollars tomorrow. Now don't hold me to that. I'm gonna bring you a thousand dollars tomorrow. What, your first response would probably be thank you. Am I right? Well, thank you. Next one probably said, you don't have to do that. Thank you. Well, he ain't got it. But he's already thanking me for it. I said, he ain't got it in his hand. But if he believes I'm a man of my word, he's going to trust me to do it. And so he's going to probably after he gets through well, me telling him, he's going to start thanking God for it. Lord, I thank you for that thousand dollars. Praise God. He's going to bring it to me tomorrow. Well, how come we're not that way towards God? When he says something, he said, you got to believe it for you. When you pray, God, I'm believing this for this, this and this. I'm believing this. And God, now I just, I believe I receive it in Jesus. I would just want to thank you for it right now. I just want to thank you for that thousand dollars. I've told the story so many times uh, uh, years ago when when me and Linda, you know, we used to struggle uh, pretty big financially, even as a pastor in church, and struggled financially. And and I always kept up with the bills and stuff like this. One day I looked at our bills and I thought we don't have enough money to pay our bills. And I walked in just simple as walked in there to Linda and said, Linda, we we need a thousand. We need just a thousand dollars just to pay our bills. And I said, agreed with me. And she said, I agree. And you know, I'm telling you, I went to the mailbox, what, two days later, opened the mailbox, and there was an envelope in there, pulled the envelope out, opened up, there was a check in there for $1,010 from some people in Arlington, Texas. 
Didn't go to church here. We knew them. And in that letter it said, we just want to send a seed and plant a seed in you. Well, I'll tell you what. We were thankful when we got it, but we was thinking that we was, you know, I struggled with thanking God back then because I'm telling why well, I was going by what I saw more than what I didn't see. But I'm telling you something. God showed me. He, I, I said $110. He said, I always do more than you ask. I wish he'd have put about 10 more grand in there. That'd have been a really nice, you know, wouldn't that have been a wonderful thing? Huh? Go big. <laughs> But the whole thing is our faith. Our, 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 and let me say this in, in closing. I know it's getting late. We have to be careful at what we say after we say we believe we receive. We've got to decide we're going to stick with what we're saying no matter what we see, no matter what we hear, no matter what's said. We're going to say, no, we prayed and we believe, we receive in the name of Jesus, we spoke to this mountain, commanded, listen, we've done all those things and now we're going to trust God. Why? Because James chapter uh, 1 is very important when he says, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. A man of two minds, a one who says one thing one minute and something completely contradictory the next minute. He said that man will never receive from God. Why? Because that's not the way faith operates. Amen? You know, uh, when, when the psalmist said, Lord, put a guard over my mouth, sometimes we need to say, God, put a guard over my mouth. Huh? If you ever want to just put your hand over your mouth and say, why did I say that? That gun it. I've had to repent many times over my over the years for letting my big mouth stop what God was doing. Right? We're all growing, right? We're maturing. We're growing up and realizing our faith will move mountains. Our faith will move the hand of God in any situation we're in if we will just stay the course. Stay the course. Man, I have fought. Let me say, I'll keep saying that, so I'll say it before I quit. You can't say everything that comes in your head. This woman, she could have said, I, I, if I don't may touch the hem of the garden, I shall be made whole. The devil was probably saying, the doctors couldn't do nothing for you. This man ain't going to do nothing for you either. He ain't going to help you no more than they helped you. You're just wasting your time. And I guarantee you, she just kept saying, if I only may touch the hem of his garment. My God will supply my every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The, the, the devil will sit there and say, you, you, there ain't no way you're going to have the money to pay that bill next month. What is wrong with you? No, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You've got to be crazy. Nobody owes you money. You ever thought that? Now, who owes me money? I say, I need to go find some. Who owes me money? I got Nobody owes me no money. You know, you know how your mind starts trying to figure this thing out? Can I help you real quick and quit? And I'll quit. Quit trying to figure out how God's going to do something. Just put it in His hand. Cast that care over Him and say, God, it's in Your hands. All... All, all, my part is believing. 
and your part is performing. So I'm going to believe you, trust you, and watch you bring about what we need in this situation in the name of Jesus. And honey, do not allow your mouth to start talking junk. Well, preacher, uh, let me just tell you something. If you think it, you might as well say it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You think just because you think it, you're supposed to say it? Well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Jesus, help us. I said, Jesus, help us. Jesus said, take no thought saying. That's in Matthew chapter 6 in the King James. Take no thought saying. What's he trying to tell us? You have to say the thoughts before it becomes yours. And when you start saying them, they eventually become a part of you. And that's what you start experiencing in your life. Why? The most powerful things in the world is your words. God's Word created everything we see. And He said, I'm going to make man just like me. Just like me. See, listen to me in closing. You're a creator. You can frame your world by your own mouths. The devil is not a creator. So he has to get you to create what he's saying. Just like God operates by words, Jesus said you can have what you say. The devil tries to get you convinced that if I'm thinking it, I might as well say it. But you can cast, well, i got to tell my husband. No, you don't. i got to tell my wife. No, you don't. You're trying to tell me we're supposed to keep secrets from my wife. I'm telling you you don't need to let those, those hellish thoughts come out of your mouth because you don't need to put that worry on them. You just need to deal with it. That, now, you're, you're probably thinking, you're an uncompassionate rascal, aren't you? No, I'm trying to help you have peace. I'm trying to help you have peace. Is, is your wife or... Uh, I'm, I'm going to quit. I promise. I'm going to quit. Has somebody ever told you something and you told them, I wish you hadn't told me that. Why? Because I wouldn't have ever thought that. Now I'm thinking it. I've had people tell me things, I wish you hadn't told me that. Now you got me thinking about it. Huh? Now there's things we need to talk about. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, some of these thoughts, the devil senses you is just crazy. They're just crazy. And I tell you what, you have authority over them. All you got to say, I don't receive this in the name of Jesus. I will not receive it. I'm, I'm going to just walk and live by faith, and I'm going to trust my God. I'm going to trust God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Well, I hope I helped you a little bit. So let's just uh, uh, realize that uh, faith for having faith for anything, you just have to do the right steps for it and watch what God will do for you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this great night. God, thank you that people have been delivered from the spirit of fear, that the anointing of God's in the house and, and is setting captives free. God, we love you and thank you for the, for the provision that you've already made for us. It's already done. God, you're not, you're not going to do anything else for us. You've already done it all. We just have to believe and trust you and, and believe your word that you're going to watch over it to perform it. And you will do exactly that. 
Father, there's, there's individuals dealing with things that are uh, uh, that's trying to squash them. That's trying to pull them out of faith. But I say tonight, it won't. They're not going to be pulled out of faith. They're going to stay in faith. And they're going to watch the glory of our God manifest in their situation, in their families, their finances, their health, or whatever else they're dealing with. God, we're going to take those steps of faith. We're going to hear the Word. We're going to say what the Word says. We're going to believe what the Word says. We're going to act on what the Word says. And we're going to receive from God. Thank you so much, Father, for what you're doing in our lives. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.